Amen. Amen. Have a seat. Have a seat. So glad you guys are here today. God is so good. And there's something about when you just feel connected at a church. And uh, I heard about a pastor who ended up uh, 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 a couple. They, they were young and, and they said, we'd really like to be a part of the church. We'd like to become a member. And as the pastor's talking, you realize, oh, man, I've never seen uh, her husband before. And, and so he mentioned, he said, hey, uh, are you like transferring from another church? And, and he said, well, you know, I was going to Bedside Baptist for a while. I was going to Pillow Presbyterian, but uh, lately I've just been at the golf course, you know. And, and, and I, I, I thought about that and I thought, you know what, there is a lot of different things. There's a lot of places people can go. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people, is, the question is, why is church? Why, why should I even go to church? What's the point of church? And church is not a place. It's not an event. It's a spiritual family. That's what church is. And so when we look at it, church has an eternal purpose. So what we do at church affects for eternity what happens. And, and uh, what a lot of people don't know is that Jesus actually died for the church. And, and you can make a little side note to some of these things, because I just think it's amazing. When you look at the scripture in Ephesians 5, starting in verse 25, it says that Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. He died so that he could give the church to himself like a bride in all of her beauty. He died so that the church could be pure and without fault. You know, the church is the only thing that the Bible talks about that, that lasts forever. It's the church. It, it's, it's not the building. It's the people. It's the people of the church. Ephesians 3.21 says that the glory will belong to God in, in his church and in Christ Jesus for all time and for eternity. And so we look at it and we see that the only thing that really succeeds, everything else, we're like, what's, what's the life cycle of this? How long is it going to last? How long are things going to keep going? Well, with the church, Scripture says in Matthew 16, Jesus speaks in verse 18, and he says that I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. See, when I look at that, that's us, the church, the people, God's people coming together. See, it's, it's something that's, that's an incredible privilege. So many people, they don't, they don't understand the idea of church and coming together. But even, even the Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says that God has given us the privilege of being born again so that we are now members of God's own family. See, there's something exciting. There's something great as we come together, as we come together united. And, you know, as a, as a church, the, 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 the beautiful thing is that we look at the things that are essential. And, and at Heart of the Canyons, we, we met last week in a membership class. And what we looked at, we were like, what are the things that are essential? What are the most important things? And, and we realized it's about Jesus. And that's where we find unity, that you get Jesus right. You could get all these other great theological things, political things, social ideas, right? But if you get Jesus wrong, man, it's all over. 
It's all about getting Jesus right. And so that's why we believe here that it's so important to have unity when it comes to Jesus. That's the thing that we don't have any compromise about it. We're like, this is what we stand solid on. Now, there's secondary things. And, and someone might say, oh, I do this. Or, you know, Jesus is coming back on this date or what? You know, people have all these different ideas. I like to do things this way, that way. On those, on those areas, we love to have grace. We believe that that's what God's called us to do is to give grace to people where they're at. But no matter what, as we come together as a body, it's to love and to care for each other. And so that's why God has brought us together. And so this morning, uh, I just want to give a shout out to a, uh, we, we had a couple new members and, and, and two of them are here today and two of them couldn't make it today. But, but uh, uh, Jen and uh, Jeremiah Ford, would you guys just stand up for a second? Oh, yeah. What a great thing to commit. You guys are awesome. Guys, I encourage you to take time after the service to uh, connect with them, to talk to them. They're, they're a great couple. They got some great boys that will keep you busy. And uh, really, really, and, and, and a great family. And uh, so, so very, very cool. And when, when we look at that, we just want to celebrate those things. We want to celebrate uniting. We want to celebrate coming together as one. And so we, we have uh, certificates for them. And next week, I'll introduce you to Patrick and Leanne that became members. And, and uh, I believe that God does something as we all come together. But, but here's the biggest thing is people are always like, well, well, Rich, why do I even need to go to church? I mean, can I just worship God at home on my own? You know, I don't, I don't need some building. I don't need some person to tell me what to think or what to do. I don't need an organization. You know, I just kind of do it on my own. I, you know, I, I want you to understand that the body of Christ, that, that us, the church, it needs to work together. So if I'm off on my own and I'm just doing my own thing and I'm just going rogue and I'm over here, am, am I a part of what's happening? No, 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 I, I'm, 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 I'm not being used. I'm not moving the way that God's called me to do. What happens when we don't move and we don't take care? We, our, our bodies start to get weak and, and we start to get sick because we're not moving, we're not exercising, we're not growing. And so the body is so important that we come together and so today, I'm going to be talking about the church. So we're taking, we're taking one week off from the Gospel of John. I'm going to take a deep breath. And so we've been going so fast, and it's been so fun looking at that. And we've been, pretty much been going verse by verse. And, and so I've been doing some preaching. And today, I'm really going to do a lot more just teaching. I'm just going to teach about the things that are most important when we think about the church. What are we called to do? Because what's really easy is we can do the same thing over and over and over, and we start to forget why we're even doing it. We start to forget the meaning behind it. So, so why the church? What's even the purpose of the church? I want you to know that it's found in the great commandment that Jesus gave and the great commission. And so I'm going to read, uh, starting with the great commandment. If you pull out your notes, your study guide, go ahead. I want you to underline a couple things as we go, a couple things to fill in. The very first thing in Matthew 22, starting in verse 37, Jesus replied, I want you to underline this part that says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart. Just go ahead and underline that. 
all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. And then go ahead and underline this next part, that to love your neighbor as yourself. Just go ahead, underline that part. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based off of these two commandments. Okay, so, so that would be what we'd call the great commandments. Now let's look at the great commission. This is what Jesus said right before he ascended. In, in Matthew 28, starting in verse 19, he said, therefore, and then, and then underline what Jesus said here, go and make disciples. Just underline that part for me. Go and make disciples of all nations. And then, and then it says baptizing them. Underline baptizing them, all right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then here in verse 20, I want you to go ahead and underline this. It says, teach these disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. And so it's so important that we look at this and that we realize, okay, so we, we see two major things that Jesus is speaking about. And, uh, and, and so uh, uh, I was just kind of doing a dance with the sound guy, but now, now I'm back. Um, here, here, here's what, here, if, if you put this in, I, I want you to know that as we look at this, it's, it's really important because we're, we're going to look at five purposes of the church. And so, and we see them in the passages. So the very first thing we saw in the great commandment is that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart. And what I want you to put right next to that is worship. That's what worship is. When you love God with all of your heart, anytime that you're expressing love to God with all your heart, that's what worship is. It doesn't matter if you're in a group or if you're by yourself. When you love God with all your heart, that's worshiping, that's singing, that's praising God. You know, as, as we were worshiping this morning, you know, and, and, and it's just like, wow, God, I just give you everything. And then there's times even this week I'd receive a, a, a text and, and, and I, would, I would get a text from a friend and I'd be like, wow, thank you, God. God, you are so awesome. And I just start praising God as I see his hand moving in the lives of people. That's what worship is. And so, so it's really important that, that we understand that worship is when I give everything to God as I love him. Then the second thing that we see there in the great commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. And what I want you to write next to that, that's ministry. That's ministry when we love your neighbor as yourself. Anytime that we express love to someone else in the name of Jesus, it's ministry. The scripture teaches that, that if I offer someone a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus, that that is ministry. That, uh, that's caring for the people. That guy that's bringing that big old refrigerator into your house and, 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 and they're just sweating and they're, they're, they're dropping I mean, it, there's a little flood from uh, all, all the sweat of everything of going up those nine staircases. But when, when you say, hey, would you like some iced tea? Would you like something to drink? You know, hey, you know, I, I care about you. And, 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 and God does even more. That is ministry. That's ministry as we love and care for people. You know, God wants us to contribute back. 
See, God has given so much to each one of us. He has blessed us so much in so many ways. And God says, I'm going to just be so generous in your life so that you can be generous to other people. It says in 1 Peter 4, verse 10, it says that God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help others. See, God wants to use you to make a difference in this world. And so you have a purpose in life. Our church has a purpose in life. It's to worship. It's to minister to the people around us. And then now let's look at the great uh, commission. So what have we been called to do? Go and make disciples. Number three, go and make disciples. What, what does that really look like? That's evangelism. It's evangelism. It's going and sharing the good news. God wants us to tell others about his love. That's what God's designed us to do. It's not some secret that we sit in the back and say, oh, isn't that great how God loved me? Isn't it great how God's changed my life? Isn't it great how he's transformed me and given me a, a hope and a future? No, it's about expressing that to everyone we meet. It's a natural part of being a follower of Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 18, it says, through Christ, God has made peace between us and himself and he gave us the work of telling everyone about the peace that we can have in him so we have been sent to speak for christ guys we were created for a purpose we were created with a calling in our lives each one of us and so then the fourth thing that we see you you, you you'll see baptizing them well, baptizing them, you might be like, Rich, I'm not sure what that really means, but I, I want to I let you know that, that that means fellowship, that that's fellowship. And, and some of these words we're not really familiar with, we don't use all the time, but I want you to know that baptism is a symbol of being part. It, it's being unified. It's being one. It's being part of a belief system. It's part of saying, you know what, we're all part of the same team. And when we look at baptism, because we know the Bible talks about baptism through immersion, and what happens is that we take someone and we put them down, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we, and we bring them up, and it's really a symbol of almost like a water grave, that it's like, okay, hey, this is who you were, and now we're going to bring you under, and you are now resurrected in Christ in a new life. It's, it's not that that happens in the water, but it's an, it's an outward expression of what God's done in our life. And so, so that we're all together, that we're all part of that it's it's a signature of the covenant that we have and so when we look at fellowship it's it's showing that we are together that we're a family when you look at someone you know the early church you know you know how they could tell if you were a part of the early church they put their finger up like this they'd be like yeah what why would they do that because it's pointing to what they would say is the way Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the light. And so when they'd see people, they'd be like this, and they'd be like, yeah, they're part of the way. You know, it's like some of you guys with clipper stuff all over the back of your car and stuff. You know, it's those things that it's like people identify. They say, oh, I know who that person is. And that's what fellowship is, is that we connect because we have a common belief. We have something that's so important 
In Hebrews 10, verse 25, it says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. See, fellowship is when we come and we encourage one another. Fellowship is when we connect, because guess what? There are times where life gets tough. There are times where we're going through some really hard things. And fellowship is when we can come and love and encourage those people. Sometimes they're emotional, sometimes they're physical, sometimes they're spiritual. But, but that's why God has brought the body. He's given us the body of Christ. So then, then we go from fellowship, and then I want to look at number five, is that teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. That's discipleship. It's discipleship. Go ahead and write that in. It's discipleship. God wants to cultivate spiritual maturity in each one of us. He wants us to grow in him. Hebrews 6 verse 1 says, let us not go on and become mature in understanding as strong Christians ought to be. See, we're called to grow it's not a, a natural thing. It's, like, it's not that you come in church and you become a member of something and you magically become spiritually mature. It's something that you grow into as we get to know God's word, as we get to know who he is. That's, when, that's why we need discipleship. And so in, in, uh, Jesus said in John 14, verse 15, he says, If you love me, obey my commandments. And the only way to know his commandments is to grow in him. If you don't know God's word, oh boy, you're, you're, you're really setting yourself up to be moved by other people because everybody has an idea. Everybody has an opinion. And boy, they just sound so important and they sound so great. And you should do life this way and you should do life that way. But discipleship is knowing what does God say? And that's what I'm going to stand on. That's what I'm going to do. That's what's most important. And at Heart of the Canyons, we believe in this. We believe it's the structure of how we even do our leadership. We believe that everything we do should fit into those five purposes. If it doesn't, then what are we doing? Tell us why we're doing it. Because we believe that these are the most important things. There's all kinds of other organizations that do all kinds of other things. But what we want to do is focus on these things that Jesus Spirit clearly spoke about. And I want to encourage you is that this week, if you go to our Facebook page, you can go on and, and every day this week uh, by 7 o'clock in the morning, you'll see a little thing that I'm going to be talking about these five purposes. I'm going to help you understand more how the Bible doesn't just speak about it here, but it speaks about it throughout Scripture. And so you'll see in your study guide, you'll see that I've given you passages in John 17, Acts 2, and Ephesians 4, and, and I'm going to carry those out during the week, and you'll be able to see them, go over them, respond to them. But it's important that we're going deep into God's word to really understand what it says. Uh, guys, there's some great teachers or some great preachers. There's a, a, a lot of great people online, different people that you can connect with, books that you can read. But you are responsible to grow in your walk with God. You can't give that up to someone else. You can't say, oh, you know, I'll just listen to so-and-so. I'll just listen. No, you need to personally grow. And so we believe as a church that's so important. And so what we're going to do is talk about what our church does. These are some things, and, and it helps you understand 
where, where our foundation is of a church here. And so the purpose of the church, just go ahead and write this in, celebrate God's presence is worship. And you're like, I just filled that in. Yeah, you did. And so what we're going to do is we're going to explain that a little more of what that looks like in the practical realm. The psalmist says in, in 34 verse 3, Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. See, when we come together to worship, when we bend our knee, when we raise our hands, when we dance, when we stand stoic, everybody's different in this room. But God isn't telling you to be this cookie cutter thing of like, oh, I want you to do it this way or I want you to do it that way. He wants you to be you. Because the Bible says is that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. That he created you with a purpose and a plan. And, and, and your personality and the way that you respond to things, that, that is something that God has given you. And so worship looks different with different people. But what we want to do at Heart of the Canyons is create an environment that you can come in and worship. We want to be able to take the distractions aside. The, the reason why we do the sound the way we do, the reason why we do the lights, the reason why we do the stage, the reason why we do everything here is to try to create an environment that you can just worship. So you can keep your eyes not on people, but on God. How do we focus on God? And so we have nights of worship, and we've got that coming up, and we'll talk about that later. But um, it's great when you can just come and for an hour and plus and just be able to worship him to worship god and we believe that that is such an incredible thing in our lives personally and so as as worship it's not even just in this room we want to help take the distractions out of your week how that you know when you're dealing with those tough times when you get that email or you get that phone call you get that thing during the week and you're like oh my word how in the world am I going to deal with these things? How am I going to deal with the frustration? How am I going to deal with this situation? You know, the greatest way to deal with that situation is to worship God. I can't control that, but I have a choice to worship God or not. But then the next thing, number two, is to uh, demonstrate God's love. And, and again, this is ministry. And, 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 and what I want you to understand, what does ministry look like in a practical way? It says in Ephesians 4, their responsibility is to equip God's people to help do his work. To equip God's people to do the work of ministry. That's what God wants for each one of us, for ministry. And ministry is not church it, it it it's people it's not a bunch of hired staff a lot of times people will say hey there's a problem someone's in the hospital someone's in need someone has something going on hey get the pastor to go over there all right maybe you could do one of those fancy prayers or something yeah hey get the pastor over there all right get get the staff person oh there's there's people in the neighborhood that need something oh yeah get, hire someone get someone to go over there ministry is each one of us and it's identifying what's around us. A lot of times people will come and they'll say, Pastor, I got this great idea. Oh, and they share it. And it's like, wow, that's incredible. And I'm like, has God given you that, that idea to make a difference in whatever area it is? And they're like, absolutely. And I'm like, well, how can I help you do that? 
Well, no, no, pastor, I don't, want, I, I don't want to actually do it. I just want to give it to you. And it's like, no, no, no. Ministry is something that God's given each one of us to do. And, and, and he wants for each one of us to be Christ's hand extended. Guys, look at your hand right now. Okay, you can do things for yourself. Or you could look at that hand and you'd say, hey, how can I do this to be Christ's hand extended? What can I do with my hands? What, what can I do with the words that come out of my mouth? I, I can do all kinds of things. I could give life, or the Bible says I could give death. But how can I use my mouth to make a difference in the lives of other people? That's, that's ministry. You know, just last week, uh, our preschool teachers uh, uh, got a, f a free lunch. And, and you'd say, well, what, what's the big deal about a free lunch? Well, uh, as a church, we just want to let them know that their lives matter, that, that what they do is important. And, 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 and just, just a month ago, less than a month ago, Pastor Ezekiel came from Mexico. And so many of you uh, donated and gave things to take back to Takati to love and to care. That's what ministry is. This last year, having, having clothing, uh, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, when everybody else is out shopping and buying things, so many of you came to the church to say, let me give clothes to people in our community. Let me give gifts to people that are here to let them know that their life matters, that there's purpose to it. This, this last year, we built a home, an, an actual house, a two-bedroom, one-bath, living room, spa, jacuzzi, no, not, not that part, but, but everything else in Mexico. And, 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 and we did that, and we paid for it, and people gave of their time and gave of their energy, and they served. Why? Because that's what ministry is. That, that, that's just very practical. On, on the, the 4th of July, and, and, and how, how we've had small groups, and it's kind of expanded a little more from small groups, but just people in the church. And I, I think it's probably in that passage where it says to even give a, a, a cup of water in the name of Jesus is ministry. And, 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 and on the 4th of July, pray here, here in Newhall, giving out bottles of water to people. Why? Because their lives matter. They matter to Jesus. Jesus came and loved and cared for people unconditionally. He didn't say, hey, I'm going to give you an all-you-can-eat food for only the people that, that we're connected with. He said, no, I'm unconditionally loving and caring for the people around. And that's what we're called to do as a church, and that's what we're called to do individually. So our lives should look like that. Our church should look like that. We should be worshiping. We should be loving the people around us. Number three, communicate God's word. Some of you guys are already figuring out what it is and you're going to fill it in. It's evangelism. It's evangelism. It is sharing the good news, the hope of Jesus Christ. That's what God has called each one of us to do. And that's what he's called the church to do. So if he's called us to do it individually, then we come together. Guess what? We're going to be able to do a lot better job together than we're ever going to be able to do apart. In Acts 20, starting in verse 24, it says, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me 
by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Guys, the gospel, that's good news. That's to be able to share grace. Guys, I don't know what type of uh, situation you grew up in. I don't know what your work environment is like. I don't know the whole family of origin. I don't know all, the, all of your situation. But for some of us, there's very little grace. There's very little mercy. It's about you better do things right or you're going to get smacked around. And, and the reason why all these bad things are happening in your life is because you're just not good enough. And you, you, you'll probably never be good enough. Keep trying, but you'll, you'll never get there. Some people, that is how you see life. And the good news is that there's grace. There's good news that, that it's Jesus that looks at each one of us and says, hey, I love you. And I understand where, where you fall, and I'm there. I fill in the gaps. I hold things together, and I love you. It's not this conditional relationship, but it's a gracious relationship. That's good news to the world. It goes on in, 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 uh, earlier in Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 8. It says, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, we've seen many people come to Christ. That's why every single Sunday, you know, no matter what's going on, we, we say, you know what, it's really important to give people an opportunity to get their life right with God. Because I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going on. Everybody looks great to me on the outside. You guys look fantastic. I don't know what's going on spiritually. I don't know what's going on in your life. I know that you can spend your whole life looking great and fantastic and spend eternity separated from God. And so that's why we always want to make sure that we give you an opportunity to let you know the gospel, the grace, the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. And people respond. They say, yes, I need to turn my life to him. They, we, we see people rededicate their lives. That they're like, I made a decision and, and, then, and then I just kind of fell away and I kind of got caught up and kind of got lost in my own world. And it doesn't just happen on Sunday morning. It happens in our offices. It happens in the coffee shops. It happens as we're with our friends, as we're, we're in our living rooms, as we're on the phone, as we're on Facebook. Everything we do should be pointing to grace and hope. And that for no matter who it is, you are not too far gone. They're, they're, God has not given up on anyone. He, he wouldn't want any to perish, but for all to have eternal life. And so as a, as a church, wherever we go, if it's here, if it's in Mexico, if it's wherever it is, we can do nice things but we have to make sure that people understand that the nice things are temporal, but a relationship with Jesus is eternal. That's what's going to last the test of time. And so we believe it's so important. So, so with all of these areas that I'm talking about, so with worship and ministry and evangelism, that's actually how our leadership teams are set up. We have, we have two people over each area. 
of, of these, these ministries. And we're like, okay, how does this make the church flow? How do we work? How do we grow? And the fourth thing is this, is to incorporate God's family. How do we get incorporated into God's family? It's fellowship. It's fellowship. Fellowship is how we get connected. Fellowship is a lot more than just uh, coffee and cookies. You know, hey, I got my coffee, I got my cookies, now I can go sit down, and I hope no one bothers me. No, no, that's not fellowship, all right? That's just coffee and cookies, all right? Fellowship is, is we want to create an environment that you can get to know people, that you can get to connect with people. And if you're like me at all, boy, you say food and I'm come running. You know, I love food. You know, I love the taste of food. I don't have to be hungry to eat. I just love food, you know? And then, and then what happens with, when you're around food? It's when you've got people and you find out that, that, that you're like-minded and you start to talk. And, and what do we have as the body of Christ? We have the greatest bond of Jesus Christ and that unity that we will be together forever. Boy, that's what fellowship's about. And, and so I look at our church and I see great things that we have done so far. And we've done incredible things, I think, to create environments. Like, I like it in the back. You know, after church, you know, people stick around and they, they get to connect and talk to people and people go out in the center. And, you know, these are great things. We want to create those environments. We want to create things even like today. We're going to cast vision for the next hundred years. Or hundred years, yeah, wow. <laughs> Woo, I really have some long notes. But and the, the, next, the, next, the next hundred days, all right? And so over the next hundred days, the exciting thing that God's going to be doing and so, so we're going we're gonna to have food over that. We've got games. We've got, we've got some uh, prizes, a lot of gift cards. I like gift cards as, almost as much as I like to eat. And so, you know, we, we've got these things that for each one of you. And I want you to know, time-wise, it's going to go really, really quick. And, 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 and we don't want to take a lot of your time, but we want to share the things that matter. And, you know, to sit at a table with people and get to know people's stories, I love that. I love that. One of my favorite things when I meet people, tell me your story. Tell me, about, tell me about how you were raised. Tell me about what's going on. Tell me about how you met. Isn't that the best when you ask couples? You know, tell me how you met and let me, let me hear about the story. And, 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 and you get to know them. And, and guess what? As, as we get to know them, uh, I believe that, that, that we ask God, we say, God, help me love this person. Let me, help me see this person the way that you see them. Man, isn't that beautiful? When you, when you catch that and you're like, wow, this person, these people are fearfully and wonderfully made. That God's got a plan for these people and that their lives are valuable. I mean, that's awesome. We can only do that through fellowship as we connect with other people. So we go from fellowship to the last point, and, and it's to educate God's people and that's discipleship. It's to educate God's people. And so, so discipleship, what does that really look like? I mean, a lot of these words, and that's why I really wanted to spend today, just a little just teaching time of just what, what do they look like? Because I think that we can say these churchy words, and then we're like, I have no idea what I just said. You know, yeah, oh, oh, you know, and we say these things and they sound beautiful, but it's like, I don't really know what that means. What does discipleship really look like? What does that look like in a practical way? 
See, it says in Ephesians 4, starting in uh, verse 12, the second half, it says, uh, the responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church and the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. See, as believers, it's about growing deeper. It's about growing deeper in God's word. It's about growing deeper in prayer. When I read God's word, it's like his love letters to me. It's his love letters to you. And as I start to get into it and I start to understand, like a lot of times people say, Rich, I don't understand uh, what that Bible read. You know, I was reading that Leviticus and I, I got confused and then I, I, I just couldn't do it anymore. My head hurt. You know, guys, you, you can even call me and say, hey, help me understand this. How is this God's love letter? What is it that God's trying to say to me? What is it that God's trying to speak to me? That's what discipleship is. We start to look and we're like, wait a second. God has something that he wants to say to each one of us. He wants to share to us. He wants to instruct to us. Guys, prayer is how we speak to God. It's, it's how we dialogue with God. It's how we communicate with God. For some of you, prayer is tough. For some of you, you're like, hey, pastor, I always pray at the end of the day. You know, like right before I go to bed, I say, now I lay me down to sleep. And God, God bless the whole world and my wife and my kids. <sighs> yep, that's my prayer life. And, and then I'm, I'm in a very deep, deep prayer life for the next eight hours, you know. And, and, but but, but here's, the, here's the thing is people, people say, I pray like that because I just don't get it. I don't really understand. But once we start praying and we start to grow into that, what happens is we start to become hungry for it. And it's like, man, I got to talk to God. You know what? I've got all these other people I've been talking to, and the most important person in the world is God, and I haven't been talking to. Oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta talk to him. It's just like your spouse, and and it's like there's days that it's like, man, life is just heavy, and things go on, and it's like, man, I just can't wait to talk to my wife. I can't wait to just love on that time together. It's not about complaining and giving all your problems. It's just about that relationship. I want that relationship. And that's what God wants for each one of us. And so how do we grow in that? How do we foster that as a church? Like I told you, we, we have these leadership teams, and we're all growing as leaders. But in discipleship, they look and they say, well, wait a second. One way for you to grow is through small groups. You know, and, and, and we're actually, you're going to start to see a push of small groups coming up. Tina and I are actually going to start a, a new small group at our house. And uh, I'll tell Tina about that later. Um, but but uh, no, I talked to her ahead of time. Okay. And, and, uh, but but we're, we, we, we just decided even this week, we're like, you know what? We just need to have friends and people come together and just grow in the Lord together. There's a lot of different groups that go on. And, and we realize for some people, it's big groups. For other people, it's small groups. For some people, it's like with financial peace. What a great way. How can you love and care for people when you're so strapped financially that you can't even, uh, you know, pay to get across town, you know, that things are so tough and you're wondering when that next uh, a dollar is going to come in. But God says, no, you know, my word actually wants to help you with your finances. My word wants to help you with your marriage. It wants to help you with your family. It wants to help you at work. God wants to help you with those things. And so that's what, what it looks like. We also, uh, for some of you, you started, you grabbed them last week, and that is great. Our devotions. 
This is, this is discipleship. So you, you can get it. We also say that it's evangelism, too, because when you open it up, it shares a little bit about our church and allowing people to come. You know, you know what I like to do with these? Every time I go to the doctor's office, I, I take a handful, I take the trashy magazines out, and then I stick this in its place. And, and I, you, know, you just put them there when, when you get your oil changed and you do things. You, you just go ahead and you put it there. And, and, and if you've read one of these, I, th I think they're amazing. They, they, they take about uh, two minutes to read, and it's encouraging. Each one of them has, has a scripture in it. And, and, and people are able to look at it and be like, oh, hey, that's pretty cool. You know what? That helped my day today, you know, tomorrow. And, and, and isn't that sometimes you think about some of the places that we drop them off at? Hospitals. Do people need hope? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, boy, depending on what mechanic you go to, do you need hope? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you're looking and you're like, I really need help during these times. And so we think it's so important. People will, the beginning of the year, pastor, I'm going to read, you know, the, the whole Bible in, in one month, you know, and I'm going to pray two hours a day and I'm going to do all these things. And, and they're so excited. But but within days, it's like, how's that going? Uh, you know, I got the flu now. I can't do it. You know? and, 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 and it just never happens. But, but what we believe is that it's one step at a time. And so for you, it may be small groups that you're like, that's that next step I got to get into. It's financial peace. That's the next thing. Devotions. I've got to get a, devotions. I got to get on a daily reading plan with other people in church. And I love that because it keeps us accountable and connected with each other. Everything from our youngest to our oldest, when it's talking about growing in Christ, that's part of discipleship. And it's such an incredible uh, place to be to see people grow in their walks with God. You know, we, we also offer a thing called Right Now Media. Our church, we, we just pay for it. We, we said, hey, it's so important. You know, because I could tell someone, I could say, hey, hey, Mark, why don't you go buy this book? Or why don't you go watch this video? And, 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 and he'd say, well, you know, I will at some point. You know, at some point I might do that, and at some point I might... But what, what we've decided is, hey, let's, let's take all of that out of the way. Let's try to make it as easy as possible. You, you want to see something on, on, on marriage? You want to see something about growing deeper in your walk with God? You want to see something about your children? You want to see something about, here, just go ahead. Here's a link. You can put this now on your smart TV. Your kids have over a thousand different Christian uh, things to watch compared to all the junk that's out there. You're giving them positive, encouraging things. You're giving people tools that for most people would be like, hey, that costs me like 60 or 70 bucks just to buy that series, and, 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 and you've given it free. Why? Just because we believe that you matter, and we want to see you grow. We realize that each of us grow differently. And so as, as these ministries, as Heart of the Canyons grows, guess what? Each of these ministries grow. Why? To reach more people and so it's so important so so i bring up all of these things because when we go back to the brunch i'm going to cast the vision i'm going to say this is what's in the next hundred days but then i'm going to let you see the leaders of these teams and they're going to say hey um this is this is where we're going these are some of the things that we're doing the church is not a few people the church is all of us together guys if we're not all together when we do things, guess what? We're missing out. Guess what? If you're not a part of things, you're missing out. And so God wants us to grow and to work together. So when you see these people, you'll be like, wow, these guys are amazing. 
but they've never been called to do all the work. And that's what you're going to see as they share it. They were never designed to be, I'm the grand poobah of this area. I'm the all-arching superior person that tells everyone what to do. And I'm the one in control of everything, you know. And I'm the one. No, 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 no. If anything, when you meet these guys, their hands are open like this. And that's, that's, that's the greatest leaders. It's when our hands are open. And we say, all right, how do we open our hands for other people to serve, to be a part of it? You know, it, it's you know, like, like I said earlier, you know, people will be like, well, that's pastor's job. Pastor's job should be to do that. You know what? There's someone sick in the neighborhood. Let's, let, let's give him a tip, put a couple extra dollars in, have him go do it. You know, hey, you know, I, I need some prayers. Hey, you know, have pastor pray for it. No, 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 no. God has created you and designed you for all five of these purposes. Okay, now some of these areas we're stronger at, but God has called that in all of our lives. So if you talk to me later and, and, and you say, hey, pastor, I'm really called for fellowship, but uh, you know what? God, God doesn't really, uh, discipleship isn't my bag. No, no, no. These are all, when we look at scripture, these are all part of us. There's areas that we're stronger at, but they're all things that we need to have a balance in our life. Well, guess what? That's what we need, a balance in our church. And so I've been talking about the church, and I've been talking about the body of Christ and how important it is to come together. But what I want to do right now is, is, is Chris, will you come up just for a second and just kind of play, play behind me? Because what I, I want you to know is that um, everything I talked about, it, it's really good if you're a follower of Christ. But if you haven't made a decision to put Christ first in your life, it's just like joining a club. It's just going through the motions. I'm trying to do good things. I'm trying to do. But if you don't have your life right with Jesus, nothing else matters. And so I want to encourage you today, just as, as we go back into worship, is where is my life at? What? You know, am I just a, like a good person? Do I come to church and I try to show up? Or have I made a decision to follow Jesus. See, each one of us, we're doing our own thing. We're going our own way. We're being led ultimately to the slaughter. We're just all lost. But because of Jesus coming to this world, because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ has paid for my sins and he's paid for your sins. He's paid for every sin that you have ever committed and every sin that you will ever commit. That's how powerful that blood is. But he's not going to force you. He's not going to put you in an arm bar. He, he says, hey, come. I love you. I have given my life for you. And so what we need to do is, is it's not about doing more good things than bad things. It's, it's, it's not about giving some money. It's not about showing up at places. It's about coming to Jesus and just saying, I surrender. I give my life to you. Jesus, where you go is where I will go. And when Jesus takes a move, Rich takes a move. Scott takes a move. Ron takes a move. If you're a follower of Christ, that's what we do is we follow him. And so I want to encourage you, if you haven't done that, 
it's not about joining a club. You don't, you don't need some pope or priest. Just right where you're at. And so would you just bow your heads just for a moment. Just close your eyes. Heavenly Father, God, I, I call out to you right now. And God, if there's people that are here today, or maybe even online right now, that have not made a decision to follow you. They ha they've never fully surrendered their life to you. They've never really given their life to you. God, your word says today is the day of salvation. And for some of those people, you, you, you may have said a prayer or you joined something and you were so sincere, but you just walked away. Maybe you look great on the outside. No one even knows. But you know your heart. And you know where you're at. And you realize today is the day that I need to turn where I'm at and embrace Christ. If that's you, I want you to know right now, you, you, just, just to call out and say, God, I surrender my life to you. God, I'm tired of going the wrong way. I'm ready to give my life to you. God has embraced you right where you're at. As, as you've said that, as you've reached to him, he is there and he loves you. Um, I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, but I want to agree with you. If that was you, um, would you just, if that's you, just look up at me. I just want to be able to pray for you this week. If that was a decision that you made, yeah, just go ahead. Keep your, keep your eyes so I, so I get your attention. If that's you, yeah. I want you to know that if that's you, God means business. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. The Bible says that the choice, the decision, that angels rejoice and celebrate because of what God has done. Heavenly Father, God, I ask that you would be with each one of us, that our life would be the church the privilege that you've called us to be, that you've given your life for. And we thank you, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, will you